Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the lessons. The first reading this morning is from the book of Amos. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the epos small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. The word of the Lord. The Psalm for today is Psalm 113. Uh, Please let us read it responsibly by half verse. Hallelujah, give praise, you servants of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be blessed. From this time forth forever. From the rising of the sun to its going down. Let the name of the Lord be 
The Lord is high above all nations. And his glory above Who is like the Lord our God, who sits enthroned on high? But the He takes up the weak out of the dust. And lifts up the poor from the ashes. He sets them with the princess. He makes the women of a childless house The second reading is from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself, human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested and the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him 
that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of oil, olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sir, down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Okay. Go In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I see some eager eyes like, how are you going to handle this scripture, John? I've been racking my brain all week trying to figure that out, and I even went to three different Bible studies this week. Uh, the best I can come up with is to explore one of my favorite works by C.S. Lewis. Um, for those of y'all that have read The Great Divorce, this might be familiar, but I'm going to try to walk you through the story anyways. There's a man who finds himself in a bus queue in a town that is ever expanding. The town is known as the Gray Town and it is enormous, although it is sparsely populated. 
The narrator wanders the desolate town until he meets others at a bus stop who are all desiring to go somewhere, and that's what this story is about. And the description of the town is interesting. He says that time seemed to have paused on that dismal moment when only a few shops have lit up, and it's not dark yet enough for their windows to look cheering. And just as the evening never advanced to night, so my walking never brought me to the better parts of the town. You get this image of this place that is frozen or stagnant, and yet it it keeps expanding. And we're later told that the town has people that can't seem to get along. So they fight and quarrel and get sick of their neighbor, and they move farther away. And all they have to do is imagine a house, and poof, it exists. I kind of think that the way that they understand stability is the result of houses that are separate from each other and becoming more isolated. These, these people that live in this town, their certainty and their desire to remain rigid in that understanding leads them to find a home that is far away from others. When they are faced with something they don't understand or don't like, they move away. So the narrator ends up at the bus stop, and he's waiting for something to happen, and some squabbling and fighting, it breaks out. People are worried that they won't all fit on the bus, so they're fighting. And then the line diminishes as people get frustrated and leave, and then the bus just appears. Then they rush all, those that are left all rush to get on the bus. And when the narrator finally steps in, there's plenty of room. I kind of have this image in my mind of being at the airport where everybody's fighting to get on the airplane first as if the seat that they've paid for, where the number is printed on the ticket that says Zone 7 will be given away. The narrator just walks past everyone in the empty seats and he sits in the back. On the bus, the conversations of the travelers begin to unfold, and then the bus makes its journey upwards towards heaven. It reaches this place of abounding light. And then the people begin to get off the bus. Many of the people have become uh, become concerned of when they need to return, although the bus driver reminds them returning is not necessary. Many are more comfortable in their homes in that gray city that's sad and depressing. The passengers are unhappy or skeptical. This new place is very unsettling. And each passenger realizes that as they leave the bus, they've become ghost-like or spirit-like. And then they begin to encounter people. These new people are solid, And they begin inviting the ghost-like spirits to join them, but no one seems willing. One of the people they have just encountered is a murderer, and the person that he murdered is also there, and they're talking in this abounding light. And then one of the ghosts happens to know both the murderer and the person who was murdered, and he just can't believe that they're here. And he slaps his chest, and he talks about all the wonderful things he's done in life and how, and how he is so much better than these two people. 
He refuses to see himself in the same company. He's too stuck in his old mindset. He's unable to grow and see himself differently. And so he can't become solid. He can't embrace the joy because he can't acknowledge his faults. Lewis accounts tell the story of several of these ghosts, each returning to the gray city of separated homes in isolation. Each is firmly rooted in their own home, a structure built of walls of self-righteousness and pride that keep them from accepting joy. They refuse to permanently leave behind the city because they are too stuck in their own ways. The refusal to move into what is so liberating to make that reality, they want to go backwards because they believe in what they have. They believe the security of their fixed ideas, places, values, stories, histories. The juxtaposition Lewis creates is that movement into the new, accepting their limitations and faults, actually moves them into being these people in this new place, as Lewis describes, where their feet can push against the blades of grass. If they're able to leave everything behind, their homes in the ever-expanding gray city, they can move into being grounded in the eternal place of joy. Now you're probably wondering, unless you were here an hour ago, What in the world does this have to do with our gospel reading? This extremely confusing passage from Luke. First, we have a rich manager for a rich man who is essentially scared of losing his job. And so he wants to make some friends quickly in case his job loss becomes reality, which we're led to believe is about to happen. He says, roughly, I have decided to do what I'm going to do so that when I'm dismissed as a manager, people will welcome me into their homes. He wants a home. He wants security. He wants a future. He wants to know that he will be all right. And then Jesus does this little flip, this little play on words. He says later that one should make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth. I haven't quite figured that part out, so that when it's gone, they may welcome you into their eternal homes. So we see this idea, he's searching for a home, and Jesus is promising an eternal home. There's a parallel there. And in Greek, there are two different words. The home that the manager seeks, or oikos, correctly translated home. But the eternal home that Jesus offered, skinos, is better translated, is tent. I took my son camping in a tent. It's portable. It could end up somewhere different down the road. While the unjust manager, who is the steward of the rich man's wealth, seeks a home, he has promised something different. He has promised something that is unstable. He's promised wandering to be a refugee. I keep coming back to Lewis's imagery 
of the physical homes that people desire. They can't let go of their anger or resentment or self-righteousness. They can't let go of things that others should have done. Even more tempting sometimes, they can't let go of their own accomplishments and egos to step into eternal life, which is much more beautiful. Instead, they stay in the world of isolation due to their own self-interest. And while I, I love this community that we live in, I love this community and church that God is calling us into, I think at some level, I suspect we all struggle with that same eternal battle. And so we gather here to be liberated and reminded that, that we do not need to exist in that isolated place that far too often becomes our reality. See, the gospel is counterintuitive. This week is another example of that overarching theme of the New Testament. In the words of one scholar, letting go is to have, and keeping is the way to lose. I keep looking around in our culture, and, and, and many of us, present company included, are holding on to security or righteousness or the wrongs that people have done or resentment, or ego, or wealth as a way of feeling safe and secure in who we are. And I wonder if those become walls that, build, that we build up. And I wonder, what makes you feel safe and secure? Is it wealth? Is it being better than someone else? Is it a home? Is it the people you know? Is it how wonderful people remind you that you are? Is it your job or a promotion? Is it knowledge or power that you hold? What are those things that become walls that make us feel safe and secure, but also more isolated from each other? Both Lewis and Jesus believe that the way we have here on earth is not the absolute truth, and that part of being together is preparing ourselves for something that is much more. In the words of Lewis, the abounding light. In the words of the one we profess our faith in, an eternal home, an eternal tent. May we have the confidence to believe them. Our collect today says, Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. May we all learn to let the anxiousness fade away as this promise of life becomes our promise. And we should take comfort in the words that we heard a few weeks ago. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Let us stand and say the words of our faith together in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, 
the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Prayers of the people are printed in your bulletin or on page 385 in the Book of Common Prayer. I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world, for this gathering, and for all ministers and people. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice and peace. I ask your prayers for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any trouble or need. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of Him. Pray that we may find and be found by Him. I ask your prayers for the departed, especially Travis Tyndall. Pray for those who have died. I ask your prayers for Alex, Jim, Mary Catherine, Susan, and the family and friends of Travis Tyndall. Praise God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored. Pray that we may have grace to glorify Christ in our own day. 
Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good morning. Beautiful September, uh, September Sunday morning, and I think that with the exception of the University of Tennessee, everybody's team's here won yesterday, so treat the offering plate well, is that what they say? <laughs> um, if you're new and visiting St. Stephen's and uh, want to know more about our church community, uh, there are visitor cards uh, that can be found in the pews, and, and you can let us know um, email address and address, and we can reach out more formally and connect you to the different programs here. Um, a number of things I wanted to share. Uh, this coming Wednesday night, we have a special guest, Sean Dietrich, or Sean of the South, as he's known, who is a well-known author and blogger, and he's going to be doing some storytelling. And I have been told that... Um, he has quite a following, so we've, we're going to have dinner a little bit earlier at 5.30 as opposed to 5.45 to make sure that everyone in our community can get a seat that wants to be here um, before the doors are opened uh, to the community. Uh, so if you're looking for a good place on Wednesday night, I invite you to dinner and to hear Sean of the South tell stories. Um, we have also kicked off this morning with our six-week inquirers class, so if you're looking to know more about the Episcopal Church I'm sure you can jump in on week two in Katie's class in room 228, um, but it's a good chance to kind of um, get that more formal understanding of the Episcopal Church, the Book of Common Prayer, why we say and do the things that we do. Um, also excited to share, uh, hopefully, hopefully you read your email on Monday or in the e-news on Tuesday, um, but we have extended an invitation to join the staff of St. Stephen's to the Reverend Catherine Harper, and she has enthusiastically accepted that call 
She will begin with us. Her first Sunday will be here on uh, December 1st. She is currently living in Huntsville. Um, she, Birmingham was home for about 16 years. So she's coming back, uh, had a pretty long history with um, UAB kind of managing uh, prevention and research around spinal cord injuries and then went to work in wellness with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. So uh, she's gonna fill the role for Associate for Pastoral Care and Liturgy. But that work around wellness and injury, I think will be really interesting to how it manifests itself in our community. Um, also trying to be transparent, um, that y'all know we were in a search for two associate rectors. After much um, discernment, I've decided to um, let's get Catherine established and then resume that search in the springtime once she has kind of has her place and is grounded and then we can kind of work to add that third role. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. 
Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Behold what you are. May we become what we receive. This is the table not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long you who have tried to follow, and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here.
And at the top of page 11 of your bulletin, let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, life is short, and there is not enough time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be God. God. Alleluia, alleluia. Thank you, my dear. I enjoyed it. You did good. I'm going to do it again. I know you do. And you will. Congratulations! Thank you. Are y'all doing okay? You yes, doing okay? Yes. <laughs> so exciting. I was thinking the other day, I have, well, I've been gone too, but I yes. had been missing you. But I wanted to be sure everything was doing good. 
Okay. How many? Four, three more weeks. Bless you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Getting comfortable is like. Whew.